Wow, she put me on the spot. Yeah, cool. It's certainly what we wanted to. That wasn't as interesting as our uh, Star Wars conversation. No, it was not. The Star Wars conversation, I think, was where we peaked. It's all just kind of downhill. It's kind of us waffling on about nutrition Fitness. shit now. <laughs> Fitness and stuff. Like how mechanics doesn't matter and everything is kind of stupid. Okay, so on that note, welcome back to the Talking Fit podcast. I know we've been pretty shit and not actually gotten a podcast out in a while. So we want to come back and actually start talking about the nature of simplicity because we've been kind of very much in the weeds over the last couple of months in terms of our own personal development and also with everything that we've been learning. And the one thing we've all agreed on is that the more we learn, the more things actually need to stay simple. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, I think we can agree that the more in-depth you get into the subject of whether that be biomechanics, hypertrophy, gut health, fundamentally it all comes down to how can we make this as simple as possible for the individual. Because you can make things as complex as you want, but is that necessarily going to be the best thing for them? Yeah. I've always said the same thing, like when you get into, you know, nutrition and stuff like that, on the surface you get into it and you think like, okay, so calories matter, great. And then you kind of go down one level deeper and you're like, oh, okay, macronutrients, ah. Oh. And then you go into, ah, oh, insulin, ah, oh, hormones, it's always, and then you go down and down and down, you go, okay, cells, and then mitochondria, and then you're like, oh, actually, it, you know, it was just calories. No, it's so funny, yeah. like, it's funny you say that, because I did that, uh, <laughs> I did that Brian Walsh cellular biochemistry course, yeah. and uh, it breaks down, and it's so funny, like, I wrote out the entire Krebs cycle, and the electron transport chain, and it's like, what drives them? There's obviously nutrients that drive them, but what drives everything involved with them is energy availability. It <laughs> so drives everything so in everything. Yeah. You go down, you start trying to second guess everything, and be like, okay, no, it's this, it's this, I know a little bit more, and then when you get to the bottom of it, you realize, actually, it was just, it was just calories. It's a yeah, energy that drives everything yeah. <laughs> for the most part like I mean there's some nuances in that but for the vast majority of the population that's all because I think we all fell for it at one stage and I think once every one of us as coaches got back to simplicity we got the best results for our clients oh yeah, well, yeah. I completely agree. and the exact same thing with coaching mm. like getting people to move better getting people stronger it's the simple stuff can you pick things up off the floor can you do something that resembles a squat yeah. can you press in some manner overhead to the best of your ability to the safe and stable shoulder simple 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 but as we've also discussed, simplicity does have its drawbacks. So what we're gonna to do today is basically do a relatively quick deep dive into why simplicity is good and why in some certain circumstances it can be bad and it's not the reasons you might think it is. So first things first, simplicity. Obviously it's simple and that makes it easy to apply to general populace. Mm, absolutely. You look at it's easy to understand as well. Yeah. Not, not even application. It's just, I can't say. You look at all, all like the, the more successful Diets that aren't tracking macros or tracking calories or whatever. You've got stuff like paleo, you've got stuff like low carb. The reason that they work is on top of the fact that they create energy deficit, they create uh, that energy balance, that calorie deficit that we're looking for, is they are simple rules to follow. Paleo, if you couldn't get it 10,000 years ago, don't eat it now. So that eliminates so many foods uh, from your from your options that you end up eating less. Same thing with, with you know keto don't eat any carbohydrates. That eliminates so many foods from your options that you end up eating less. But those simple rules to follow end up getting pretty good results, in the short term at least. Yeah, exactly. They need to be, but these simple approaches need to be jazzed up to solve to be sold. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, keto, low carb, whatever it may be, veganism for the most part, it, they just have to be jazzed up and packaged and resold as something else in order for them to be yeah. Sellable, I suppose, yeah. at a very basic level. You can look at the exact example there of uh, intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting being like skipping breakfast or 16-8, uh, where it creates, again, it, it limits the space of time you've got to eat, and so you end up eating less. Martin Birken, who kind of 
contextualized it. Yeah, that's a very good way of describing it because it's saying he's the father of. Yeah, no, he contextualized it. He, he originally made it popular. He says there is nothing magic about intermittent fasting, it just limits the amount of time you've got to overeat. And then yeah, he exactly. has made almost no money from it because he says it's not magic. Whereas you've got people who say, oh, intermittent fasting will make you live longer. Oh, it'll improve your health. Oh, it'll improve your hair. It'll improve your skin. It'll make you, you know, train better. It'll increase your growth hormone. It'll increase your testosterone. And then these people who are sexy in it up have made a lot of money off it when they're actually kind of lying to you. But exactly. when you look at someone like, like Mike Mutzel, is it, what's his one again? High Intensity Health, mm-hmm. um, his podcast. I, I always, the thing, the thing that I find quite, contrasting about all this is with him he, he's clearly a very intelligent guy when you listen to him speak he knows a lot about biochemistry cellular biochemistry biology but he will say that the only way to optimize health is through keto and intermittent fasting and the I, only way to optimize health not to lose weight now necessarily yeah, yeah. to optimize health is in that manner and, very, very and he, you know, he, he came to that conclusion himself. I used to listen to his podcast a long time ago and it was the first one I ever felt. And it used to be quite, it used to be quite, you know, it used to be quite middle of the road a little bit, but he got into biohacking a little bit. And then as he graduated through all that, he started to get into these mad different con- concepts. And I just wonder how such intelligent people can see it as the only way. Yeah. So uh, the complexity of actually applying keto with intermittent fasting, with intermittent carb refeeds, to fuel his training is the best approach for anything. Something so specific and unnatural, that's an, is an unnatural kind of orchestrated way of eating. Yeah. How could that be the only way to optimize that? Yeah, because yeah. otherwise no, it wouldn't have worked in the context of evolution. But I think yeah. to answer your question, Greg, like, I think the reason why, and this kind of leads on to the con of why simplicity is easy to apply to so many people in the general populace, is the fact that it's very easy to have extreme levels of emotional buy-in to something that is so black and white. Yes. People like being told what to do. People love labels and they love being put in boxes. And the minute you say to people, oh, this box that you've emotionally invested in may not actually be the only answer, people fight back. Yeah. We joke about this all the time, but nutrition has become, you know, next to religion and politics, the other thing you don't talk about talk about at the bar. Oh, yeah. But, like, I think when you swing to the other side then again, like, I mean, the people that... Uh, don't get me wrong, I listen to some people on that far side as well. Um, I think some of them agree to book good points, but something, but it's not really something I'd apply with clients, it's just out of self-interest. But then when you swing to the other side, I was listening to someone the other day where Alan Aragon was having an argument with someone online. And I think she made, the woman who was arguing made some good points with them, that they have now become the, the people who almost, I'm not going to call them nihilists because it's not the right word, not saying nothing matters, but they're very much like everything should be in the middle. And they're right for the most part, but they've almost become the gatekeepers of what is acceptable, what isn't acceptable in the industry. Yeah. Which I think is becoming a problem in itself. So anything that isn't, hasn't been studied 30 times and repeated 30 times isn't worth considering at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, and I genuinely think because if you were going to follow just their methods, you would do very little of anything. Don't get me wrong, I love their application towards training. I think, that's, I think basics for training is really important. But like, in terms of where they say, no supplements matter. Well, context as well. Yeah, but that's the context of everything. And I know we kind of try to stay away from the it depends because that's essentially become the official talking fit meme mm. of us three just going, well, I guess. But I think it is very much a case of you need to take into account context and everything that you say and do. But also, like, to your point, these, these gatekeepers in the middle, 
it's almost gone from an industry standard where we need more self-policing to now being a police state in which everything needs to be run by a certain group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not legitimate. Yeah, the magical evidence-based cabal. And that's great. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, it had to happen. But like, she was arguing, I don't quote me on the study, it was something based around the effects of supplementing with melatonin and its effect on body fat reduction in concurrence with a calorie deficit. So, whether that's through increased sleep, which will obviously lead to the knock-on effect of... Downregulated cortisol. Whatever. Less time in the day to eat. Less time in the day to eat is massive, but obviously leptin will drop, ghrelin will go up if you sleep less. Yeah. So whether it be the time that you have to yeah. eat or the fact that you're, you're hungrier, but there, it is still an application. Yeah. And Alan was like, doesn't matter. It's just everything's just brushed off. Doesn't matter. That's kind of something I would have a yeah, fault against yeah. simplicity a little bit. Yeah, I would completely agree. And I hope yeah. there comes a point where if you're going to take that standpoint in the industry and say, like, I am one of these people who is reg- basically essentially self-regulating the industry, then there's a responsibility to further that education down the line. So instead of just going, it doesn't matter. It's like saying, okay, here's why you think it matters so much, but let's remember this always does pin back to that underlying rule of energy availability. How is melatonin, as you said, affecting your ability to either eat more or eat less, move more, eat less? No, I'm not going to deny that fact, like, but obviously substrates, or whatever that may be, whether that be a hormone, macronutrient, whatever it may be, will determine how efficient you are at losing weight. Let me finish. Um, in terms of it might, so like I said, with increased sleep, you'll feel better, you'll move more. It does feed back into total daily energy expenditure, of course. But, yeah. if it, but it feeds back. But it feeds back. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think everything should be ignored. If you've got someone who's so clinical, B twelve deficiency, should they not supplement with B twelve? Because there is something so clinical in a lot of things. So it doesn't have to be massive B twelve deficiency where you need injections. There is a level in the middle there. I think that's yeah. ignored. Yeah. Uh, that's a downside of uh, simplicity that we didn't actually mm. mention before. Yeah, it can sometimes leave you doing things. Uh, we take things off the table that may be effective. Yes. So like, don't get me wrong. Simplicity will make up eighty to ninety percent. That's just random, arbitrary numbers that you're actually. But well, ninety percent statistics are made up. Yeah. So we'll make up the vast majority, but there is some things that we need to consider. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but and if, you, if you wait for a study for everything, you'll end up wasting a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Because again, if nobody's doing it, then nobody's also going to study it. That's actually a really good point. So you end up never finding out things which do work because you're not allowed to do the things which haven't been shown to work yet. Yes. Very good. Very like true. Like we were talking about the other day, anecdote for the most part is what leads scientific progression. Yeah. I think this, I have noticed this, let's test it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So moving on to the next point, and this is more from an actual like physiological training standpoint. Because most people, as we've spoken about before, sit in the middle of the bell curve, you want to make sure that you are um, applying training principles which will fit the majority of people. This is why when we create really, really fancy training programs in which we need to alternate the program every, you know, four to six weeks again and again and again and never actually truly committing to an adaptation cycle, we're getting in the way of a very, very simple understanding and application of progressive overload and linear progression in one way, form or another. So the pro to that is ultimately simplicity gives you a very, very broad broad base and a very good launching point for the entirety of your muscle building and or fat reducing career. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm, like we said, I've, been, I've left Kane program for me and uh, under the illusion I was like, oh, so when are you going to change it? 
It's like, well, when it stops working. Well, <laughs> <laughs> ah, <laughs> I see. Who um, who came up with the uh, the term "fuckaboutitis"? Oh, that was Martin Burke. It was, yeah. Yeah. Fuck so so a lot of love to Martin Burke. Yeah, a lot of love to Martin Burke. He is very good, but yeah, his his he yeah he calls it "fuckaboutitis," which is where you just go into the gym. Either you don't have like this this. He's got a whole article on the symptoms of fucking myelitis. It's like not having a plan, changing your workouts too frequently, mm. and never really progressive. Not going in and training intensely enough, or you know, worrying about your hands getting scuffed on the deadlift bar. Just, just loads of things like that where you, you know, you just really going into the gym and you're just fucking around. Mm. Yeah, and you're not getting anywhere. Mm. I mean, you can, like, 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 like we can define that like sim- simply, like in the most simple terms, what gets results. Making sure that your calories are in line with your goals. So if you're trying to gain weight, calorie surplus. If you're trying to lose weight, calorie deficit. Making sure that you're eating adequate protein and making sure that you're eating adequate fruit and vegetables. Then training-wise, making sure that you're training your body at each muscle evenly with progressive overload and an appropriate level of volume each week. And those five things pretty much encompass everything that you need to do. But those five things are very boring. Yeah, and the sixth thing that I'd like to add to this, only because I saw this in, I think it was Brandon Lilly's Instagram today. Actually, no, sorry, I thought I know it was Martin Rooney's Instagram today. You didn't just tell him men's health. What? And said men's health. Instagram is no better source. Yeah, it's true. He did this great post where he talked about how like you need to understand what your priorities are because ultimately process guarantees success. So if you have everything in your life geared around the things that are important to you and you make those things a priority, a true priority, not a, well, I guess I care about them, mm-hmm. like a true priority, you have already put yourself in line for your damn near guaranteed success. If you're doing everything that you need to do in terms of, as you said, those five things yeah. and looking at the additional lifestyle factors, for example, do I create time in my day to effectively spend enough time in the gym to get the stimulus that I want? Do I take my sleep? seriously mm-hmm. am i willing to make the great sacrifice of not looking at instagram for two hours before i go to bed no okay maybe you're not willing no. to do that but you're leading the north of us you've got a head start <laughs> the, point of the, the point of this is this that you need to make sure that your lifestyle and ultimately the state in which you exist matches up with the goal the goals you want because otherwise you're never going to get there and we spoke about this all the time people talk about um when we're doing the photo shoot prep it was just a case of people complaining about not having abs, but they're not willing to do the things they need to do in order to have abs. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's being okay with that. Yeah, I think like you and um, well, what's the British guy who's taken over basically Facebook? Um, James Smith. James Smith. Where it was like, oh, you you really want a six pack? Well, within reason now. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a little bit more to it. They said, well, well, why don't you ignore your social life for the next three to six months? You'll get a six pack probably. Yeah. But it's going to be one of the things you're going to have to give up now. Now is it worth it? Yeah. If, if you can weigh those two things up, you think, actually, no, I'm willing to give up because that's how much I want a six pack. I remember Great. every Great. Ago, Girls Gone Strong uh, put a post out, I think it was by uh, Nagar Fanumi. Great name. Mm. Um, Fanumi. But I think, uh, I, I, she, she was saying, <laughs> she was saying in there, but um, like, what, like when she was, I think it was when she was doing like stage shows or whatever, she was like, yeah, I wanted abs, but I wanted wine more, and that's okay. So, yeah, that's yeah, fine. That is absolutely yeah, fine. You're allowed to want abs, but if you want something else more, that's just a trade-off you're going to have to... Mm. There's always a trade-off. There has to be. I mean, there has to be some sacrifice in order to get where you want to be. And um, like I said, the, the simplicity of what he just spoke about, whether it be volume, intensity, whatever, maybe when you go to the gym, those five things encompassing how you're going to progress in training, they are the boring priorities you need to follow. Yeah. Is 
the electromagnetic gradient affecting your gains from your Wi-Fi? Maybe. <laughs> let's, not, let's not worry about let's that until so you get those other things in place. Yeah. Pretty sense to like the most crunchy granola PT in the world. It's just like, yeah, you know what's affecting you? The Wi-Fi. Do you know what you need to do? You need to put special rocks in your pocket that soak up the Wi-Fi. Oh, great. You need to have your blue What's the name? There's a name for those. There is a name for them. That's the thing. And the tourmaline. Tourmaline. You put rocks in your pocket to soak up the Wi-Fi. That's fucking amazing. I love that. And blue light blocking glasses. Blue light. No, that's legit. No, that's legit. That's legit. No, that's legit. When the twenty-four hours a day, so your circadian rhythm gets incredibly fucked up. That's legitimate. Like wearing them is legitimate. But if you haven't got the rest of them things right, yeah. the fuck are you worrying about? Yeah, at, at, at that point, you're you're worrying about putting in, you know, putting in twenty percent more effort to get like two percent more exactly. results, and really that's really what you're looking for. You know, like really it, well put as usual. It's the it's that eighty twenty rule. You know, twenty percent of your efforts are going to produce eighty percent of your results, and then the remaining eighty percent of your efforts are going to produce twenty percent of your results. Mm. It's if you want those extra twenty percent results, then yeah, I'll I'll pick and choose what they you. You are willing to give up in order to get more, but but if you're not willing to put in 100%, you're not going to get 100%. Yeah, and that's, and that's what comes to managing your expectations often at the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> in terms of cons, you, we've mentioned the word boring probably a billion times whilst we were just talking about the context of simplicity and training. Um, and, and that is it. Like, be, you know, Training on the same training cycle until it stops working, depending on how, how stacked up all the other aspects of your nutrition, recovery, and health, and whatever are. Um, that can be a long time. Like I'm pretty sure you and I at one point have run programs for about six months continuously with yeah, very, yeah. very little change. Yeah, very little change. Uh, After a time, that can get boring. Progress, deload, progress, deload. Change and exercise when it stops working. Yeah, and generally I'll do like two, four week cycles before I change and exercise. Yeah. Like that, that can be really boring. And as we talked about before, novelty is definitely a training stimulus. But oh, it is. The big thing to understand, at least from my perspective, and I think Ken Greg will probably jump in with some other points on top of this, is the fact that when you add in a new movement, you're basically giving your body a new, um, a new stimulus to change. Right? You're going to get better at that movement for no other reason than you haven't done that movement in a while. Yeah. So if you got a cycle where you've done nothing but good mornings, and then you go to remaining deadlifts. But sheer virtue of the fact that you've gotten stronger at good mornings and you're then re-assimilating the movement pattern of the RDL back into your training program, you're going to get stronger mm -hmm. faster for no other reason than you've taken that base strength that you've developed from the good morning, the new neurological adaptations you've got from skill acquisition of the remaining deadlift, you're going to get better gains. Mm -hmm. But then again, if you switch exercises the whole time, that's not going to happen. You, you need to commit to one thing for a while before you get that transfer effect. Mark Rupto goes through it in Practical Programming, Practical Programming for Shun Training. Which is an incredible book, really often taken out of context, but please it buy is. it, it's amazing. But he goes through it in that and he talks about like kind of the, 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 the progression through, uh, through, through your training career. And at first, as a novice, you do not need a lot of variation. You need to get good at the basics. Stick with what works for as long as it, as it works and when it stops working, then you can worry about changing it. When you move from novice to intermediate, that's probably the point in your career when you need the most uh, variation. Yeah. Um, adding in new exercises, rotating things a little bit, but that's the intermediate stage. If you haven't been training for two years, don't worry about that yet. Um, but that's, yeah, that's when you'll need the most variation. And then as you get more and more advanced, you'll then need less variation again because you're going to need much more exposure to those lifts to get good at them. 
Yeah. And this is the thing. Specificity, yeah. Yeah. And specificity ultimately will always win. Specification. You did. <coughs> and ultimately, it still works. Yeah, it works. But ultimately, specificity or specification will win out at the end of the day. But what it fundamentally comes down to is the fact that most people never actually get out of their intermediate phase. Like the advanced no. phase is very, very hard to get to. And those are the kind of people like Andre Milanichev who maxes out like in exercise squat three times a year, but will in fact only squat uh, or squat down every single day. No, that's right. And like, I know we talk about novelty as being one of the main, like novelty can be a stimulus and novelty can be important for some people. But we, we speak about, we spoke about it before, like adherence obviously being the major driver of all of yeah. these things. So if you get to the stage where you're not working hard enough anymore, you're not enjoying it anymore, it will stop working in itself. In yes, because it's, you won't commit to it. Because you won't commit to it. So it is then, then yeah. you can look at trying to change exercise or training programs, whether it be volume, intensity, rep schemes, whatever you want to do. But if you can still run with it and you enjoy it, like I like Kane's program now, it's very s simple. It sounds like it makes it shit. It doesn't make it no. shit. It means it's simple to apply. I can get stronger every week and I have the feeling I'll run with it for about 12 weeks. Yeah. I'll deload somewhere in the middle. Yeah. But That's I'll the yeah, six weeks up, deload six weeks up. And I'll just run that. And, and as long as I'm getting stronger, I don't really care. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, you know. Da Vinci said it best hundreds of years ago, simplicity is the ultimate form of sophistication. Yeah. Like people confuse really, really fancy over-the-top nutrition protocols and programming as being the ultimate market. Did he also say easy peasy lemon squeezy? Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, that was Da Vinci. That was the same thing he was trying to get across. Yes, often misquoted by Botticelli, however, it was in fact Da Vinci. Um, <laughs> I took one step further. You did, that was good. Well done. Thank you. He tripped you on that one. He did. <laughs> Nailed it. But yeah, but that's the thing. People look at the um, at complexity of the mark of the master and it's not. No. It's no, really, no. really not. And that's, yeah, that's basically simplicity in a nutshell. I can't really think of anything else to add on top of that other than keep things as simple as is applicable for you. If you yeah. want to make things sexy, that's absolutely fine. But realize that doing sexy stuff to 80% of your potential is not going to be as good as simple stuff to 100% of your potential. Also worth considering there, a lot of the stuff that you think is sexy and works, a lot of it doesn't work. So there are way, definitely ways of making things more interesting, more complicated and more uh, mentally stimulated, mm. it's probably more applicable than, than um, physically stimulated. There are ways of doing it that work and there are ways of doing it that don't work. So make sure that you know what you're doing before you start trying to spice up your workouts or your nutrition plan. Which brings us on to our final point. So, yes we have had a hiatus in the last few months, but a big part of that is because we've been trying to actually put together a plan for what we want to bring you guys, okay? So, the way that we want to take this forward is to start delivering as much content that is specific to the needs of our audience as possible. Now, so many of you are committing to sending on questions every single week for our live Q&As, which we're going to be getting back to as of next week. Now, what we want is for you guys to actively think about what products you would like from us. What guides, what ebooks, what things can we do to help give you the best ultimate training experience possible and bring you the highest level of education possible because that is what we are. It's taken us a long time to figure out that we aren't just a podcast, we are an education platform. And ultimately it is our job, our responsibility, but also our privilege to try and bring you guys the very best in science-backed, evidence-based research that we can apply easily into your everyday training lives in and out of the gym. So, get back to us, send us DMs on the Talking Fit Instagram page, get hold of us on the Facebook page, we are everywhere. Get hold of us, okay? 
In the comment section, sorry, the comment section in the description, you will find the links to all of our personal Instagrams and PT Facebook pages. Please do follow, please do like, please do share, support Talking Fit, leave us a five-star review, and in the meantime, we will see you guys next week. I've been Rogan Allport. Kane Owen. Greg Foley. Apparently cocking up each other's names. <laughs> Catch you guys next week. Shall we do the video?